Hello there, and welcome to the Star Wars Universe podcast. I'm your host, James, and I'd like you to join me this month as we explore what I and others have done in Star Wars. Joining me this month is a very special person to, to me, the host of yodasdatapad.com, and someone who, as you'll hear in the, in the com- opening gambit of the conversation, I've been speaking to for a long time, but this was actually the first time I'd actually seen their face and actually heard their voice. So I'm going to hand over to Past James for a conversation with Senev Klazan, a.k.a. Evan, the host and creator of yodasdatapad.com, the one-stop shop for all of your timeline novel needs. I'd like to extend a very heartwarming hello there to Senev Clayson, also known by his alias Evan, uh, who runs the yodasdatapad.com website, uh, your one-stop shop for any book or timeline or character age requirements. Hello there. Hi, hi, James. Good to be here. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Uh, so, yes, it's... Uh, we were talking just before we hit record on this and um, trying to figure out just how long we've actually been communicating with each other. And you amazingly had had the first email that I sent over to you via the website, obviously getting the information from the website. It was April 2012. So we've been talking 11 and a half years on and off. I will have, I will emphasize on and off because it's been some, some time between sure, yeah. communications at times, isn't it? Um, yeah, sometimes I, I take a couple of months to reply, I think. Oh, I, I think I took Sorry a couple of years that. to reply at one point. My life got very busy and very hectic. And um, mm-hmm. But I've always I've always utilized the site, even even in that time. It was always kind of, where does this sit in the timeline? Where is, where's, when's mm-hmm. the next book's coming out? It was always just straight in Yoda's datapad. And I always recommended it to people if they're talking about timeline questions or chronological questions. Uh, oh, cool, cool. Yeah, so, uh, yeah it it's always, always, it's sort of... Um... I try to fill that niche for people who want like at least all the novels in a list, but like sim- as simple as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the, the format of it is, is absolutely fantastic. And anyone out there who wants to, wants to check it out, I, I highly recommend it. Uh, yodasdatapad.com. Yeah. It lists legends and canon novels in line with the TV and, and movies as well. Yeah. And you, you've added all the ages on there as well recently as well, haven't you? I have the well. I have the separate. You mean the ages of all the characters? Sorry, it's um. Yeah, yeah. I have a separate page with a a, a table where you can kind of quickly look up how old um each of the characters was in each movie. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is very fascinating. I, I lost like half hour, forty minutes scrolling through that at one point, and then realized I should probably uh-huh. be doing some work. But um. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. Uh, it's very much appreciated. Uh, this is. Oh, it's my pleasure. Weirdly, I was to say. 11 and a half years of communicating this is the first time we've either spoken or seen each other so it's, that's uh... right yeah <laughs> so obviously I'm here to ask you some questions and I've, as i say i appreciate mm-hmm. you you coming on and, and and giving me the time first question is is when did you first get into star wars i was i didn't really know about star wars when i was a little kid but i was in i was probably um 11 or 12 years old when the special editions of the original trilogy hit the theaters that was when i first heard about it a friend of a friend at school wanted to go see a new hope in the theater and i went to see that and i think i i realized later that i had seen parts of return of the jedi on tv or something because the ewoks were familiar to me but yeah i pretty much got into it pretty quickly after that yeah, 1997 yeah obviously 1997 right before phantom menace is probably kind of a very good time to get into it before like the second boom as it were of, of yes there was a big kind of ramp up of uh especially of expanded universe content yeah absolutely absolutely um and we got we got a lot of novels in and around sort of the different mm-hmm. characters i remember darth maul shadow hunter coming out fairly shortly after and oh yeah the sort of the toy side of it was was huge because obviously that was looking back now oh yeah and knowing oh, yeah. what we know about behind the scenes that's what george lucas made his all his money on uh so he was always yeah. throw toys at everyone wasn't he so what made you go from obviously introducing it what a lot of people probably consider a little bit later in 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 childhood to obviously going going hard on it as 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 i, as I say with falling falling madly into it 
what made you then decide to want to start up Yoda's Datapad? Well, I guess it was, I mean, by the time I was like really using the internet, I was already really into Star Wars. And I think someone showed me how you could like make a website. And I was like, cool, I'm going to make a website about Star Wars. <laughs> At first, I just wanted it to be like everything. I wanted it to have like character encyclopedia and uh, in but the thing that the thing that uh, stuck that ended up being something that people would come to it for because it was a little different was the list of Star Wars novels the timeline of Star Wars novels and at the time I was actually also I was doing a little email newsletter about Star Wars book news in yeah. like early 2000s when I first started awesome mm-hmm. yeah I was you were trying to be Wikipedia before before Wikipedia <laughs> <laughs> yes yes exactly and there were before before wikipedia there was what was it called the completely unofficial star wars encyclopedia or something there was a website yeah. where it was like one guy that was like almost as good as wikipedia yeah no, absolutely. of course it's all much bigger now it'd be harder now but... teams and teams of people that update it instantaneously uh, yeah. as they're watching something it's uh yeah, yeah it's uh it's a great source of information is wikipedia it's um oh yeah do i do remember the switch from the now legends to to canon that caused them a bit of a problem because all of a sudden everything oh, yeah. had to be split and it was like okay how do we do this what is still canon right um and it was right. even things like probably one of the highest rated books out there is the revenge of the sith novel novelization by uh-huh. Matthew Stover and the book unfortunately is no longer classified as canon um right Lucasfilm made some kind of funny statement about it like they said well the books the parts that are the same as the movies are canon. Yeah. <laughs> Which right. basically means the book is not canon. Yeah, and there's there was so much in specifically episode three that I absolutely loved that oh, added yeah. to it. Like the, the Oh yeah, that's a favorite of mine too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like um Sidious searching the force and drawing down Vader, and that's how he yeah. gets his name. That's just not communicated brilliantly in the film. I, I love the film, it's probably my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I always felt that way too. That book really uh adds so much to mm. the movie it really does it really more does. probably more so than any of the others though i haven't read all of the sequel ones yet no i will say episode nine really mm-hmm. adds a lot to that movie the novelization okay. whose okay. author is escaping me at the moment but very very mm-hmm. good very very good adaptation and it adds oh, good. enough to sort of answer some of the questions that were there uh-huh um episode nine rise of skywalker yeah. ray carson ray carson that's it cool but yeah so that, that that's a really really good novelization i haven't listened to force awakens or last jedi yet um i okay. I, lis- I listen to books so i'll often say i'll listen to cool, a book. Cool, cool. That's, that's cool. That works. <laughs> I, I don't have time to actually sit down and read anymore which is which is devastating to me um, oh yeah yeah, I, I haven't got used to audiobooks yet because I feel like I want to be in control of the pace. Absolutely. Of how absolutely. fast I read the words and the paragraph, you know. Yeah, it's 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 really good. Um it's a really good format if you're really busy and there's no other option. But if yeah. I could sit down with the physical hard copy, I would. But I ran out of time with that and, and sort of storing them became an issue as well. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, I sympathize. I I don't have like I don't find that much time to sit down and read either. <laughs> Yeah, so I initially transferred over to to a um an e-reader. I won't I won't promote the company who who provided mine. <laughs> nice. Um, but no, I, I then obviously switched over to to an audio version. Yeah, there's a guy called Mark Thompson who who narrates an awful lot of Star Wars, and mm-hmm. he's very very good. But the slight okay. downside is if you listen to a lot in a row, or uh-huh. um, narrated by him, then you end uh-huh. up sort of sitting there listening, going, "Why is Qui Gon in the sequel era?" Because um, it's just the same Uh-oh. voice as he turns around. <laughs> you get so. used to his voice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then you go, oh, no, no, it's not quite gone. It's so-and-so. <laughs> okay, I'm back, mm-hmm. in the, back in the room. I obviously just drifted off at the moment. <laughs> but, um, so what was your, what was your? obviously you said the, first, the special editions of the cinema was your first um, sort of interaction uh, with, with Star yeah. Wars. And, and it obviously yeah. naturally is, is movies, especially the original trilogy for a lot of people is, is, their, is their gateway into the, into the universe. Um, uh-huh. So what what was your first interaction outside of the movies? So I was a big expanded universe guy, especially in the Legends time. So I th- I think the first I can remember is I actually so my brother and I, my little brother, we were like we want more Star Wars, and I like did some research and I was like okay, so after Return of the Jedi, then there's books, 
And so we went and we started trying to read the books after Return of the Jedi in order. So I think we started with The True Set Bakura by Cassie Tires, because chronologically in the timeline, universe timeline, that's the first book after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. He was a few years younger than me, so we were just kids. I was reading it out loud to him, and we did that for quite a few of the books in a row. It was pretty fun. That's amazing. That's such a cool yeah. story. I bet he'd be really embarrassed now. <laughs> no, I think I think he'd be happy about it. Yeah, cool. That's, that's he, I, th- a... I think I think it's a good memory for him too. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's an awesome yeah. like sibling memory. Um... He, he he got he got disappointed when I eventually, as an older teenager, started reading some of the books on my own. <laughs> And just like leaving him in the dark, in the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Tyler. <laughs> just, uh, just spoiling it for him as soon as you could. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure. No, you, I, sure we, we're pretty, sort, right? we're pretty non-spoiler people. So. Good. So yeah, obviously, uh, Truce Bakura being um, an intro. A lot of people, it's it's generally heir to the Empire. They find after. Um, right. Heir to the Empire was written first so yes. people who were like following them as they came out in the 90s definitely would have read air of the empire first yeah absolutely i don't know if i've ever read trees of bakura yeah i mean it's, it's really comes across as kind of a side story in the big picture i guess because it yeah. doesn't have a, a lot of obvious uh ramifications to the stories after it yeah i think i i often got sort of sidetracked by the big overarching series like the new sure. Jedi order and legacy yeah. of the force and fate of the jedi and and then Thrawn sure. as a character so it's um yeah i tried to go back and read as many of these sort of standalones as i could but I, there was just mm-hmm. there was just so many i mean the ones a lot of those ones from the 90s they have i mean some some of them are pretty good and have pretty good nostalgia value but they're not as much part of like they're a certain thing you know yeah, no, absolutely. It was a little bit of the like a lot West. of them are kind of like they brought in sci-fi authors doing kind of sci-fi stories that were a little more sci-fi than normal Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, for which sure. is kind of cool to read, but it's like, yeah, it's a different thing. <laughs> it, they all felt a little bit different. There wasn't the cohesion that the later books, even in even in Legends, yeah, brought yeah. with them. Um, I guess I should say there were quite a few of them that were obviously fantasy authors too. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was like it was like a lot of a lot of different things, and there was a thing for a while where people would joke that there was like every few months in the Star Wars universe, someone created a new super weapon because a lot of the authors like lean for some reason repeatedly leaned on this idea that Star Wars is about trying to prevent the well, use it, of a super weapon. It gives it gives the obvious big bad, doesn't it? And it gives the the MacGuffin yeah. of the book of the book or the yeah. film or the whatever is. Even even yeah. the original trilogy was guilty of it. It was it was Death Star. Sure, they did Death the Star second two. Death Star after the first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then obviously Episode Seven rolls around, and you've got yeah Death Star three. But yeah, or so. or there there was there was an argument that there was a Death Star three already because I think it was the Star Tours ride at yes. Disneyland. In the story, in that there's like a Death Star that looks like the second Death Star, but the story doesn't quite match with Return of the Jedi. So there was like a fan theory that that was a third Death Star. That's canon. And then I think that that theory got some kind of nod in some official reference book later or something. They often. Um, so I was actually having this conversation with someone recently on on Twitter, and it was a conversation. Okay. It was it wasn't it wasn't the usual Twitter interaction. Oh, yeah. Quite, yeah, a, quite yeah. a pleasant interaction. I was like, actually, George Lucas never considered anything in the eu now legends as mm-hmm. as canon and he was very much like if you want it to be canon it's yeah. canon if i then go and override it with something else i'm george lucas that's what i'm gonna do <laughs> and it's definitely, like, yeah, that's definitely how enough. he was he was like chill about it but also not gonna be restricted by it yeah yeah and absolutely. i think there's the story that so it became like especially kind of a big deal when the, the clone wars show was first airing yeah and that was before they made the canon legend split but it kept the show kept contradicting kind of always was contradicting things and then i think there's a story that george lucas was actually pushing dave filoni to not let himself be restricted by the existing eu yeah yeah and and i'm i'm thankful for that so because they they created kind of the hierarchy of canon didn't they so it was movies tv books then comics then games then fan fiction essentially so yeah. I, I always thought it would have been nice if there was like a cleaner like if you know just because the timing worked out if if they had maybe split legend and canons before they started the clone wars 
so that the Legends universe didn't have to try to try to accommodate all the contradictions in the Clone Wars, and that could just be canon, separate yeah. canon. I've kind of I kind of head canon it in my own way of just like sure, sure. Season one of the Clone Wars is all canon um, because that's what's classified, mm-hmm. and so anything sure. that's kind of in and around and trying to fit in, yeah, it's kind of history is written by the victors kind of thing and it's just stories yeah, from yeah. the front line um so yeah, there's, yeah, there's yeah. an element of of um reliable narrator question over it but um sure sure i, yeah. I guess that's part of the idea of calling it legends yeah yeah absolutely yeah. and and i love i love the fact that they've kind of still gone well if if, if you want to just live in legends you can but we're not going to create anything more for it so right they're still reprinting things from yeah legends. it's not like and they're trying to erase them yeah. no and and thing i like at the moment is they're doing the essentials legends aren't they which mm-hmm. i think is is what they're sort of prepping the fan base for of we're going to bring some of this stuff in or faucets of it and i like the fact that they've done revan recently okay so hopefully that means he will be brought in because he was originally going to be brought in at the same point mm. as Bane in the Clone Wars season six. They drafted him up in the Clone oh. Wars and everything. Oh yeah, okay. Did he but, not even get mentioned at all? I thought maybe he had been mentioned in somewhere in the Clone Wars. He gets mentioned somewhere, or I might be mixing. But it up. only mentioned. Yeah, it's only a mention. Yeah. Um, if if at all, I might be misremembering that and just sort of going, well, they brought Bane in, so therefore the Bane trilogy is now kind of canon until contradicted and they mentioned revan in that uh, so it's kind of there's a there's a there's a leap right really. right so it is the clone wars implies that at least some of that is really yeah. happened in the canon universe yeah. yeah absolutely it is good speaking of lots of different characters who is your favorite character and why i thought about this a long time and i, I just i just can't pick one because um i keep thinking of like the stories that i get most into that meant the most to me and it was always like about these different like whole casts of characters i loved how they interacted together and i just don't know how i could pick one give me a few it's fine it's fine this okay this is this is not a hard and fast has to be one if you've got one <laughs> great if you've got five cool right <laughs> okay. i'm not gonna stress about it <laughs> I don't know. So I'm the kind of of person who has trouble picking favorites, and sometimes I'll like pick something weird on purpose. Um, I was just thinking, like, like in the in the original trilogy, I really liked that there is Jabba the Hutt. Not like I would be like, you know, a follower of Jabba the Hutt, but you don't aspire um, to be him or anything. Right, I don't aspire (laughs) to be him. I don't even need posters of him all over my wall or anything. I but um, I just think that that was really like a cool, bold move that they made this like semi-major character into not even a humanoid species you know yeah to what degree you can say that about him yeah no absolutely he's he's a he's a giant slug (laughs) yeah and he has this he has this palace with all this like super colorful crazy interesting wild stuff going on in it i like that i like a lot of the the eu characters too one one that came to my mind was zane carrick from the knights of the old republic comic books yeah I don't know if you've read those. I've read um, some. I mean, that was another one where it was really about the whole cast of characters. But yeah, I read the uh, I read the Knight Errant novel, which I think was part of the Old Republic. So I've I've come across the name uh, several times. Yeah, that was a different series that took place hundreds of years later, but but it was that same author and it was connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've, def- I've definitely come across the name several times so yeah. zane carrick is like this lead character from the knights of the republic comics by john jackson miller and um, you're sort of it's like he's the one that you're sort of seeing all this happen sort of from his perspective but what he is is he's a jedi padawan who seems to have um supernaturally bad luck and there's all these crazy things happen to him and you're just like kind of along for the ride and he meets all these crazy friends and it's really that's a really fun series. That's one of my favorite series. Straight recommendation there for for Knights of the yeah. Old Republic and, <laughs> and the Old Republic stuff is uh, awesome. Um, yeah. As much as my my the list on my website is only the prose novels, I I am actually a big uh, Dark Horse Comics Star Wars fan too. Yeah, Dark Horse the, was the always... comic books from like the nineties and two, early two and two thousands. Yeah, yeah, they were they were what what I did read, which was limited, was was always enjoyed. Mm. Oh yeah. I don't think if there was any actually I didn't enjoy. Nothing's jumping to mind, so nothing nothing devastating. <laughs> so yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean some of the earliest ones are sort of 
they're still really creative and stuff. I, mm. I the I got more into the late kind of later ones than the earlier ones, but but yeah, it's all really interesting stuff. Any other favorite um characters? Or shadows? Um, or I mean, I could just go on forever with characters. I guess I like Lando. I like one of the ones from like the Tim the old Timothy Zahn books, the Thrawn trilogy, and related books was I like Talon Card. He was like a smuggler boss and he had kind of this um, wry sense of humor and he was a criminal, but he was also kind of a nice, reasonable guy. Bit of a scoundrel. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've, I've, always, I've always liked Talon Card. From the Thrawn side of things, outside of Thrawn, always been a big fan of Thrawn. I always uh -huh. really liked Pelion. You know, I was actually thinking that too. That was like one of the ones I scribbled down in my notes when i was trying to brainstorm my favorite characters <laughs> are you up to date on the live action series at all uh yeah except for andor okay that's fine yeah yeah, yeah. So, no but so pelion appeared yeah something. that's kind of where i was going with that. I was oh, like, oh, I was oh, how spoiler free are we being oh no no it, it, that was in Mandalorian <laughs> that was a long time ago wasn't it so that's, that's yeah 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 it's outside of spoiler territory um, and, and nothing nothing very spoilery happened with him so far no, no he appeared yeah. and and i yeah, I, yeah. I sat on my yeah i was excited my, about that too sat on my couch and cheered so it was uh, yeah i saw him i was like oh my god and it's uh, it's exactly how i thought he would look and how he's like depicted on book art yeah and stuff like that. I, was, I was very very pleased when i saw him yeah he's such he's uh, yeah he's a really cool character to see like that was really good how timothy Rizan wrote that throne trilogy from all the almost all the Thrawn scenes are from Pelion's perspective of yes. him being this kind of a, a by the book guy kind of uh but he like ha he was like he like Thrawn was odd to him but he had this respect for him that he was yeah it was yeah. interesting no i absolutely i absolutely loved it yeah as the empire as a as a trilogy is um, uh -huh. well the fact that everyone is still saying we should cancel out the sequel trilogy and make just make it had a big cultural impact it did it did um yeah not just was it, a it released at a time where there was sort of, we were starved of star wars content but yeah it, it was also just very very well written yeah and i got into the eu just in time for like to like read those books and then there was a little gap and then Ten years after those books, they released the Hand of Thrawn duology, the two books that were sequels to that. Yeah, and that was like so exciting when those were new, and it was like wow. And they picking up there'd been you know books by other people in between, but he was really picking up all the threads from those characters he had introduced. And even later on than that, he, he came out with Outbound Flight and kind of went back and did a right. for it and Survivor's That's Quest. Right. And Survivor's Quest is probably one of my standalone favorites from. From the from the legend series it's um yeah it's really good i don't know why I, it might have been because it was one of the first ones i read uh-huh but no it was just i absolutely just fell in love with that with that book survivor's quest yeah i really i good. love i love all those books there's actually something really cool about them i don't know if i don't know if timothy zahn did this himself or if it was the editors but every one of them has a title or almost every one of them has a title that could refer to many different characters or plot threads in the book yeah absolutely like in, in survivor's quest like almost every character is in some sense a survivor on some kind of quest absolutely and, and there's there's several potential heir to the empires in in as the exactly Empire. yeah um, so yeah no it's it's very very clever and and the the multiple meanings of obviously it spreads them yeah. far and wide as to who's going to get what out of that book which is which is sure sensible from a marketing perspective of if nothing else but uh <laughs> sure sure <laughs> So, yeah. just sort of segueing from from the Thrawn trilogy because it's quite a nice nice point. Uh -huh. um, it covers multiple eras. Uh, so, uh -huh. which is your favorite? Do you have a favorite? Uh, are there multiple favorite eras? I I think I think for me the real the 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 classic era of like the original trilogy, the rebellion. That's like the core of it for me. <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe because um you know because that's what there was that's what started it that was what got me into it but also because in the legends eu at least it was like i think that was the most richly developed era and is and is happening in the canon era at the moment with the with the ongoing comic book series through oh yeah the, the gaps between the original trilogy uh we've had an right awful lot and of... they have canon novels in that period too and, yeah uh, 
the um, from a certain point of view books. Yeah. I guess yeah. they're doing something kind of like what the old uh, tales of the Mos Eisley Cantina, Tales of Java's Palace. We're doing Absolutely. things like that. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I, I I've I've listened to episode four and I've started episode five, but I kind of mm-hmm. dropped it to keep on with the High Republic Eye of Darkness sure. novel. Um, yeah. but I, that's sort of I'll go back to it as soon as I finish. Sure. Um, sure. So, yeah, I'm not all caught up either, but it's the it's the kind of thing I like, so I'm looking forward. To yeah. It. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's um there's some interesting stories. They're not all they're not all hits. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's some there's some interesting ones in there, sure. but. It, there's something for everyone in there as well, which I also love. Uh-huh. I've got I've got a book up on up on the shelf behind me, which is the um, Tales from Starlight Beacon. So there's short stories oh, that were yeah. in the Star Wars Insider magazine. So I love the fact that anywhere they're printing stories now is all canon. They're trying to keep it all interconnected yeah. and stuff. So it's just trying to consume it. Always exhausting. Yeah. We've mentioned quite a few different Force users so far, and obviously with that comes multiple different color lightsabers uh-huh. legend or cannons doesn't matter do you which which color if you could pick one would you assign to yourself because the new canon does apparently have a personality assigned to each one yeah i guess so i'm not i'm not like uh i'm not an expert on what what everyone would say they mean but i mean when i was younger i would have been like oh i'm going to choose some color that's really unique and different but but I was thinking about this. I think now I feel like I feel like I would I would happily go with the green, okay, because um, knowledge. Yeah, and I kind of knowledge. I kind of appreciate the subtlety of it being one of the normal colors, but mm. you know, and I I want to choose the, I would choose the light side over the dark side. Yeah, and then I kind of I kind of think the green looks nicer than the blue. Yeah, goes yeah. with more outfits. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's it's better, yeah. It doesn't clash as much with the brown robes. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's. I'm I'm gonna have to answer this question myself at some point, and I'm, I'm yeah. I'm not, I'm not gonna answer it today because I don't actually have an answer. I don't know. Okay, is the answer. Yeah. I like the idea of being knowledgeable, but I also really like the the visual of the yellow, the temple guards. And, okay. And, and yeah, rays. yeah. Um, sure, sure. Obviously, purple is is just cool. From when Mace got it in in episode two. It then yeah. extended to Mara Jade as well, who is just a awesome character. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I yeah, don't back have... in the um between episodes one and two when they were like making comic books that took place in the prequel era, but they, they hadn't seen Attack of the Clones yet. Mm. There was a while where they all had all the Jedi had like all kinds of random different colors yeah, of lightsabers. So there was um I don't know if you had it over in the over in the States, but there was a there was a game over here called Jedi Power Battles on the playstation oh i think and, i think it did exist here i didn't play that one but yeah i remember hearing was, of that it was a mad game like you could <laughs> if you went forward you couldn't go back so if you missed oh. like a power up you, uh-huh. you're screwed um, wow but it had mace with a blue lightsaber plo Koon had a orange lightsaber adigalia had like a almost a red lightsaber okay and then you had obi-wan and, and i think one other character um sure. a, i think kayati mundi was in there uh-huh who both had blue but yeah it was it was it was that was kind of my first experience in terms of canon at the point at that point in time yeah and then we had there the was other... a there was a comic book miniseries a graphic novel i guess it's probably collected into one of the collections now but it was called um jedi council acts of war okay. and it was like this adventure that took place in the lead up to the Phantom Menace, where like all the Jedi from the Jedi Council end up on this mission together for some reason, or even most of them do, or something. And it was, I think they all had different colored lightsabers in that too. It sounds sounds a bit like uh, what was the Cloak of Deception? Yeah, that had a lot of the Council members on it in that book, and that was that was oh, yeah, that was a bit of a slog. That was very political. It it's was... political, and it's it's it gets slow, but it's like. It is like this very lovingly woven story about things coming together. As an adult, yeah, loved it. Yeah, as yeah. a fourteen, fifteen year old, <laughs> not for yeah, me. yeah, sure. <laughs> no, I I remember. I remember it was slow. Yeah, yeah. There's um, there's a new novel coming out. I want to say it's actually by, yeah, it's by John Jackson Miller, 
Um, oh yeah, the um, the living force. living force. Yeah, yeah, and that's going to have a lot of council members in it as well, and that's out. Yeah, April. That will be that will be good. I'm I'm sort of earmarked that one as as going to get that one as soon as it comes out. I think. Yeah, that's, uh, that's going to be my month's listen for that for audio. Right. <laughs> that's, yeah, um, yeah, I'm interested in that one too. I think that might be his first new canon. Is yeah, work. it's yeah. kind of his return to to yeah. canon, canon authors. And so yeah, I'm really looking fun. forward to to having him back, really, because he was always a really good author. Oh yeah. Um, did he do the? Canadian He's a really fun book? guy too. I don't know if you follow him on Twitter or Facebook or something, but uh, I think I do actually. Yeah. But he's I'm... also like a he's also like a a general TV nerd. Like he oh. has like a lot of like memories and opinions about like old sitcoms and stuff. Amazing. And, and also Star Trek <laughs> and everything. He's a fun guy. Awesome. I'll, um, I, I actually met him. I, I met him at Star Wars Celebration back in the day when he was doing the Knights of the Old Republic comic books. I've always enjoyed his stuff. Um, I've always enjoyed the the, the stuff he's released. And yeah, um, Kenobi. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say. I thought. I think he yeah. did the Kenobi Kenobi novel. Yeah. Um, yeah. I never quite got around to Kenobi because I think that was right at the time of of, of the switchover, wasn't it? So I was like, ah, yeah, what do I do? That's right. Yeah, it was sort of one of the last. <laughs> legends book and then i mean it barely has any contradictions with the obi-wan show though yeah like you I... could maybe read it and feel fine yeah it takes I, I place get to it at some point. earlier yeah yeah so it could have it could have happened pre-obi-wan kenobi apparently they're doing a season two of which will be interesting oh yeah i don't know if that was just oh. a speculation or a, or a hopeful rumor oh, yeah, keep, um, keep an eye out of that man. yeah we'll, we'll see so last last of the interview questions before we move into uh, what you've done in the last month of, of star wars um is is uh, actually which one do you prefer do you prefer canon or do you prefer legends i don't necessarily want to take a side but um for me personally it's i have i have more um the, the legends means more to me personally <laughs> Yeah, because probably where I'm coming yeah. down on it at the moment as well. It's what really first got me into deep into Star Wars. It had this kind of special. I mean, compared to the canon now, maybe it was a little bit of kind of a Wild West kind of atmosphere. It was a little bit more people doing kind of, you know, maybe not the main books about the main characters, but the side stuff was like a little bit more like wild, extra creative kind of stories and it just felt really rich in a way that i mean i like the new canon stuff too and maybe maybe it will get there too yeah but that's the one that's like already there there's like you know a lot of history there and so many different voices contributed to it yeah i think there's um i want to say it's like if we take it from take it all the way back from splinter of the mind's eye which is no longer canon is is 40 odd uh-huh. years, but isn't it? But yeah. um, I think it's it's about 23 years between Air to the Empire and the Disney acquisition. Uh-huh. Um, so we've got a little way to go. We're about halfway there in terms of canon. That's true. Yeah, yeah. At like real life timeline of what they've had, but they've they've pumped out quite a lot of it. Of of they um, have they have of uh, it feels content. like new canon feels a little more controlled which they said well this is we're going to make it like a more you know they said they were going to keep the continuity a little tighter yeah and they're going to but the thing about the legends is despite it being a little wilder and less controlled they still did like a really impressive job of keeping it all mostly consistent with each other yeah and, and they only really sat down and kind of storyboard storyboarded out like the that particular series so i remember looking into legacy of the force uh-huh. Uh-huh. and it was it was the it was five authors wasn't it i think which is a little was, more like what they're doing now yeah right. but they all sat in a room went right where are we going with this what's what's oh, the yeah. overarching story what what beats do we need to hit in each book and then right. they just all went off in their own directions came back and went here's a draft and that's that's probably what should happen in 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 the scenarios. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, a lot of the criticism around the sequel trilogy is is the lack of cohesion. And I do think that was a factor. I don't uh-huh. think they storyboarded out the trilogy properly. Whilst I enjoy each film independently as a trilogy, mm-hmm. it's awful because it, it's it's an incoherent mess at times. Um, I know what you mean. Yeah, but they could have they could have sat down, storyboarded out the trilogy, and then gone off and made their own films, and we wouldn't have what ends up being 
a really weird film in The Last Jedi, in bookended by J.J. Abrams doing yeah. a perfectly fine job. And, and Brian yeah. Johnson did a good job. They just don't... It's like you've taken the middle one of another trilogy and just dumped it in and gone, yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm not sure they've like. I'm not sure the new canon has lived up to the promise of being of having a tighter continuity than the legends did. I think only in that. That's say only that being the the, the big example, huh. but that is kind of the biggest example you are ever going to get, isn't it? Until they I mean, go probably and make still, yeah, probably still the hardest part is bringing in filmmakers and having to decide how much to restrict what they want to do. Yeah, but based I, on I, what someone has written in a comic or something, you know. So looking at the High Republic at the moment, uh-huh. um, I, I think they've done a fantastic job with. Uh-huh. I think they've learned their lessons from the sequel trilogy, um, and, okay. and and they they basically locked a bunch of writers in a room uh, sure. for months, <laughs> going right. Yeah, plan this out. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's and because it's not just it's not just into film. It, it's it's books it's it's going to be tv shows it's children's animation sure. shows and it's yeah 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 canon. i've got i've got it on my on my disney plus account not to watch i i haven't watched the uh high republic adventures yet where the known characters suddenly make an appearance which is i'm looking forward oh, to okay. seeing that but uh but yeah it's uh i i need to i need to see load and great storm and and, and bells that uh-huh. and those those <laughs> appearing in uh in very childlike you animation the, the young jedi <laughs> Is it called Young Jedi Adventures? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Young Young Jedi the, the, Adventures. The, the the like little kids show. Yeah. yeah, I heard you talking about it on your first episode. Too. Yeah, I haven't seen any of it. Yeah, my, my son loves it, and um, <laughs> that's I've great. Got him, got him a couple of figurines somewhere. The lightsaber uh-huh. long, long gone. They they were lost within about ten minutes of getting home, uh, <laughs> which frustrated me no end. Okay, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that question is is not meant. For, for people to take sides or anything it's just uh what is your personal sure, preference sure. if you if you go right i'm gonna go and read a star wars book or watch a star wars tv show or, or do whatever right where does your brain immediately go because at the moment mine probably goes canon but if i stop and think about it i probably prefer legends still because of the richness as uh-huh. you say the the, the, the tapestry sure. that was woven was was absolutely phenomenal yeah group of people who half of whom probably never met each other and had no yeah. say with each other. They un- unanimously just went, we're going to try and keep to some level of canon here. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, later on, I guess, yeah, maybe for like a lot of that period, they did have, there were like a couple people at Lucasfilm whose job was to try to make sure all the licensed things stayed uh, consistent. They had like a special editor for that. and uh, yeah. Yeah, and then they had Leland Chi create the 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 Holocron database, which was yeah. kind of kind of like another private Wikipedia thing. It was never public. It was their notes for the authors, but yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but they they did they put some effort and they put a they paid a couple salaries to do that. Yeah, yeah, and that and that just shows how how big a job it was. And actually, that George, whilst he would openly say it's not canon, if I decide yeah. to overwrite it with something, I will. It yeah. showed he did care, and I think sure. I think a lot of people that helped a lot of people sort of appreciate George, even when he was, I know he, he got a bit of flack towards the end. He's put up on a pedestal now. As, uh... yeah. <laughs> and then Disney, Disney's the big villain. Um, I've had, I've had some young people write into me with like, talking about, Oh, I wish George Lucas was here again. And the, yeah. the legends was better. And it's like, hmm. That wasn't quite as simple as that. <laughs> no, no. Let's let's give it another sort of ten years or so with the sequel trilogy, yeah. and, and let the kids yeah. who watched it and fell in love yeah. with Star Wars via the sequel trilogy. Let's let's see what they think yeah. in in ten years, and hopefully yeah. they will love the sequel trilogy. Yeah, we we have to bear in mind that we're probably the old the old guard now. It's sure, uh, sure. The newer guys coming in, and it's that's sad. that's sad. Yeah, that makes me sad. Yeah, <laughs> you know, back in back in the nineteen eighties. There was a group of fans who just hated that Return of the Jedi had Ewoks in it. They thought that was the dumbest thing to add to Star Wars. <laughs> it, it, it goes back to the old saying, though, that I, I say whenever there's a disagreement of like, oh, bear in mind, we're a bunch of adults talking about this. Star Wars right. is made for kids. Um, and yeah, yeah we, we've got we've got Andor. We've at, got, least, at the very least, it's made for, for fun, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But 
like people hate the Ewoks, people hate um, Jar Jar, people hate all, <laughs> yeah, yeah. all sorts of different things. And it's like, yeah, these things are made for kids. Like, let's not yeah. let's not forget that. And, and yeah, we, yeah. Are, we are completely enraptured by it and completely in love with mm-hmm. it. But because we were kids when we first interacted with it, and we've just mm-hmm. carried it through our lives, and, and society has changed enough that we're allowed to carry it through our lives and it be socially acceptable as well uh-huh. to, to walk down the street with a Star Wars t-shirt on or, sure. or to go to a con traveling there on public transport in, in full oh, cosplay yeah. and it's, it's that's no one, right no, yeah no one bats an eyelid anymore which is great that's right <laughs> <laughs> you might get some looks so I'm not... yeah but no one no one's gonna sort of shun you from society which I think yeah yeah and I mean yeah. if it's ruining your life it's like probably you need to have some more things in your life than just star wars absolutely like, absolutely yeah. people end up with with all sorts of things end up in their own little echo chamber yeah. um which then sort of validates their view and validates their view and validates their view which right. sometimes it's okay to just kind of like you know step outside that little bubble and and see what else is yeah. going on and if you don't like it duck back in at least you're now informed yeah. that, that's <laughs> what i think too yeah absolutely so the main part of of this this podcast this endeavor that i've i've started um is to find out what people have done in the last month in star wars so um we're cheating a little bit because we, we're recording a little bit earlier than when when the episode's coming out so uh we'll, uh-huh. go, we'll say within the last sort of five six weeks or so what what have you done uh-huh. in star wars in the last five or six weeks well I've been pretty busy with other stuff, so I haven't been deep in Star Wars. But of course, I was I was catching up with with Ahsoka, the Ahsoka series. Yeah, but that's what everyone says right now, probably. Um, <laughs> that is, that is I I did really enjoy that. At this point in time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I liked that it had a different atmosphere than the Mandalorian. It was like yep. its own thing, and it worked for me. But also, after I started talking to you about doing this and stuff, I started thinking back about a lot of the old legend stuff I was into, and. I, I have I recently started looking back at some of the things I wanted to take a second look at and stuff. Um, one of the ones I started reading again was so after the legends was like ended and they had the new canon. Yeah, there was this ebook novella that they later released for free on StarWars.com called Skywalkers S K Y E Walkers, okay. and it's um it's by a, um a guy I've met before named uh, Abel Pena. And he wrote like some of the old source articles in the magazines and stuff. And he's like super expert on Legends EU. And he wrote this short novel that's like full of all these tie-ins to all kinds of obscure Legends stuff. And um, but it's not just that. It's also it takes place during the Clone Wars. It has uh, Obi Wan and Anakin in it, and it's just like really goes hard on like kind of analyzing what's going on in their heads and. Uh, examining some philosophical ramifications of what's going on and so this was sort of it, it came out too late for anyone to make an official statement on whether it's like part of the official legends canon but yeah. um it seems like it basically you could think of it as sort of the last legends novel in a way and it's it's one of these kind of off the wall wild legend stories that i'm talking about that made legends a little different made legends legends yeah yeah I don't think I'm aware of that in any yeah. way. So that I, this is one of the things that I really hoped would come out uh-huh. of me doing this show and speaking to people uh-huh. is, is I would get recommendations because I, I don't. Yeah. I, a lot of my friends and families are like, uh-huh. well, the Oracle of Star Wars. And I'm like, I am really not. <laughs> I, I, know, <laughs> I know other people well. who are into it just as much as I am, but have been either into it longer or, or do different things. And, and they yeah. collect data and they just absorb data on it. Yeah, I, I I I know the feeling because yeah. <laughs> I mean now I'm like a little bit behind on a lot of stuff, but back in the day I was like really into it. But there was I was never the most. There's uh, yeah, Ben Fold says there's always someone cooler than you. Yeah, his definition of and, cool uh, is, is is has changed over the decades in terms of Star Wars. <laughs> but yeah, no, from yes, from our point of view, there's always someone cooler or or more knowledgeable. There were always people who knew more more eu facts than i did oh yeah um, absolutely yeah absolutely. so this this book is um it was never like pro- released through proper channels it was like a free download and um but i can i can find the link for you i i'm thinking about putting it on to my list with like a little note because i've i've excluded like ebook novellas from the list but 
I'm thinking that especially now that people are kind of people are looking back and wanting more legend stuff, I think about maybe finding a way to put those into the into my website's list in a way that people will see that they're shorter books or whatever, but there's yeah. not too many of them. It might might not be bad to intersperse the list with those ones too. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the more information on there, obviously the more work for you, but the better for all of us. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean it's the balance of because sort of I think the reason people come to my list instead of going to some like super detailed timeline is that it's it's simple. So I don't want to like, you know, add too much more and more. People say, Oh, you should add the comic books and I love the comic books, but if you want a, if you want a timeline that's like all the books and all the comic books and all the stories and all the video games, there other people actually have made that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And 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 if it's if it's already there, then why duplicate? Why why put yeah. yourself through that much extra work for for something that um, someone else has sure. already done and has sort of done it first as well? Um, it's uh, yeah. So I yeah. I fully appreciate that. I mean, yeah, chasing, chasing that a little bit, wouldn't you? If if, if you decide to do it, yeah. I mean, I mean, I dream of having like a list in my the format I have it the, the clear like simple format where you could like turn on and off whether it includes different things. But mm. Maybe someday, but but I but I but I've started to feel like some of the like short short novels that were published kind of a little bit outside the normal publishing program. There's a handful of those. I think that might be a fun thing to add in because I think it's something who are reading people who are reading prose novels are probably interested in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else in this month? There's another there's another um, ebook novella that I actually never finished before. Now I'm going back and started reading it again, so I might be able to finish it. It's called um, this one was actually you can like you know you can buy it on Kindle or whatever. It's like it was like officially published. It's called um, it's probably included in some of the editions of the other books too. But it's called um, Boba Fett: A Practical Man. Heard of it? I have heard it's, of that one. Yeah. And so it's. It was written after the New Jedi Order series was finished. Yeah. With the Yuuzhan Vong invasion and everything. And it's going back to before the beginning of that series and telling the story of what the Mandalorians were up to during that time. Okay. So it's sort of this book about the Mandalorians bumping up against the Yuuzhan Vong and they have this complicated relationship. I'm not sure where it goes yet because I haven't finished it. Oh. Yeah. I think, I think it's... I think they put it into some of the paperback printings of the of uh, one of the Legacy of the Force books, Sacrifice, maybe, but just because that's when it came out. But that might be where. But it's really more of a New Jedi Order themed thing. I think I looked at it and went, oh, "I'll start reading that," but then I was like, "I, uh-huh. I want to read, carry on reading <laughs> Legacy of the yeah, Force." Yeah, So I'll come back to it. I don't think yeah. I ever did. Well, it probably um, it probably has some connections to to because in the Legacy of the Force books, one of the authors was Karen Travis, right? Yes. Still in that time, yeah. Yeah. And she had these kind of Mandalorian characters that she would bring in a little bit and tell it was. So it probably has some ties to that too, well, to the, some of that. The second, the second book was called Bloodlines, which was pretty much wholly about Boba. So in and he oh, was that's a, right. He was the right. character in that in that series and right. sort of yeah. So much older. Yeah. Boba Fett yeah. at that point in time. But um... yeah, she she was actually in the before the Clone Wars show. Karen Travis was the one. So oh, okay, so. The, for Mandalorians, the person who kind of revived the Mandalorians being a thing was actually Abel Pena, who wrote that book I mentioned, Skywalkers. Yeah, he wrote an article in one of the magazines about the history of the Mandalorians, and he brought together all these obscure sources about the Mandalorians. And actually, okay. parts of that were seemed to have been inspiration for the Mandalorian show. Actually, it seems like they read that. Yeah, uh, like that, the that, Mythosaur that and stuff. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. He Dave invented Filoni the and... name Mythosaur. Yeah, yeah, Dave Filoni and John Favreau seem to have read everything yeah so, yeah not not surprised so so abel pena started this mandalorian revival and then karen travis kind of picked it up and started developing a mandalorian world in the eu that we had never really seen before starting with her um, republic commando series of novels yes which yeah. were about clone troopers but they were like some of them have been trained by surviving mandalorians yeah, they, and, they um, even brought that into. Did they bring that into um, the Clone Wars as well in later seasons? They they probably did have some things from that in the Clone Wars, mm. but um, but the Clone Wars didn't really follow how she had imagined things to go, and she eventually um, retired from Star Wars because of that. <laughs> she felt like it was they they were taking her. Not like she thought she owned it, but she yeah. was. Um, she had kind of adopted this role of the caretaker of developing 
the Mandalorian side of the world in Legends, and then yeah. Clone Wars went off in a different direction, and eventually she's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm done, I'm like, you know, yeah, she stopped yeah. doing Star Wars. But, Fair enough. But well, she she wrote a lot of really good books. Yeah, she did. She absolutely did. Um, she was always one of the authors that I sort of looked out for. Um, mm -hmm. you'd always know you'd get a good story out of her. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, thank you very much, Evan, for for your time and for for your contribution and, and letting us know answer answering the questions and also oh, yeah. also letting us know what you've done in the last month of Star Wars. And I will hand back to uh, future James. Thank you for that, Evan. It's uh, it was very good to have you on the show, and hopefully we can have you on again in the not too distant future. So, turning our attention to what I've done in the last month in Star Wars. I don't have I been busy? I don't know. It feels like I haven't, but then looking actually back through what I've done, it looks like I've actually done quite a lot. So I finished off the Mace Windu and Jar Jar season six arc in the Clone Wars, mainly off the back of the Sword of Tales in from the Ahsoka series appearance, and I wanted to see that in in action, as it were, with Mother Tales in. Is is it a good arc? It, it's fine. It's fine. It's it's Mace Windu and it's Jar Jar to characters who are not my favorite but enjoyable it was enjoyable i am actually looking forward to the mace windu uh limited series comic book run next year so that should be hopefully quite good staying with the clone wars i watched the yoda four episode arc episodes 10 11 12 and 13 of season six where he goes off and explores the i'm going to refer to it as the well of the force where the force guardians put him through some trials and some tests and he passes them all up obviously because he's he's Yoda a thoroughly enjoyable four episode arc we get the appearance of of dark side Yoda as a as a precursor chronologically to the dark side tree dark side cave in empire strikes back with where, where luke confronts darth vader but turns out to be himself and we also have the appearance of darth bane the first mentioning of Darth Bane in canon so that's very exciting and I'll get an appearance as well I also TV wise I also watched the 2003 Clone Wars part one the first hour I've got the part part two to go but I just really fancied re-watching it and it was one of the best depictions of Mace Window I think I've ever seen where he takes on the entire droid, droid army by himself and he loses his lightsaber halfway through and so he just punches repeatedly and then at the end, he just takes a little sip of water off a kid and flies off. It's a, it's a bonkers series, which was all we had at the time for in between episode two and three of what the actual Clone Wars looked like. Five years later, we obviously got the introduction of the Clone Wars movie and the introduction of Ahsoka, uh, which changes the entire complexion of Star Wars, really, given, given the history and, and looking back with hindsight. But the 2003 series is absolutely fantastic and, and highly, highly worth a watch. The entire thing is just shy of two hours. So it's, it's definitely worth a watch. And you get to get to see some interesting style of animation and, and how different people get different places. And it actually gives you a little glimpse into why Grievous coughs in, in episode three, which is, which is a bit of a weird one. Looking at comics, I was quite busy on comics, as it turns out. I, 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 I've been slowly working my way through the main star wars monthly run um i'm i'm still in between a new hope and empire so i am quite behind but i finished star wars volume 11 which is issues 62 to 67 the scourging of she toran i didn't really enjoy it uh, i'm not gonna lie i found it a bit of a slog to get through it just didn't really interest me there was nothing about the characters there was nothing about the big three that was anything really of anything of anything it had no real bearing it was very self-contained not what i thought it was going to be and knowing that there's only sort of two more volumes to go um i was hoping it would be a little bit more a little bit more in terms of like setting up hoth and things like that, that leading into empire but it is what it is it's i've read it i've ticked it off the list almost certainly not going to read it again for the completionists out there go for it in terms of would i recommend it as a standalone volume no no i wouldn't it was it was wasn't wasn't really for me uh, i also read shadow of starlight 2 brilliant 
really, really loving the new phase of the High Republic. I don't really want to go into too much detail. If you want more detail on that, there's a there's a Star Wars comics podcast, which I recommend, which will be um, detailed at the end. And uh, I also read the High Republic phase three, uh, number one. Again, very, very good. Um, Shadow of Starlight is the uh, year in between phases one and three and detailing how people get where they get after the events of the Fallen Star. The High Republic number one, the main run, is uh, set a year after the events of the Fallen Star. So if you've read read it, you know what the events of Fallen Star are. Uh, if you haven't read it yet, then I would recommend going to read it. Uh, it's, it's a very, very good book. Um, you do need the other two main adult novels, really, to understand exactly what's going on from phase one. But you don't necessarily need phase two at this point in time. You, I, I'm almost certain you will do because otherwise they wouldn't have done it. This was all laid out brilliantly. Brilliantly so far, I will emphasize. They might still not stick the landing, but hopefully they will. Uh, I can't see why they wouldn't. Looking at audiobooks that I've been able to get to, I'm going to say books stroke audiobooks because I, I listen to all of my books instead of actually physically reading them. I started this month by reading the Essential Legends collection Revan novel, uh, which thoroughly enjoyed. And if you want more info on that, I actually appeared on the Source Pages podcast reviewing that with the other Spark Jedi Council members, Haley, Brian and Todd. Haley, obviously, are being our guest last week. So go and give that a listen as well and support that podcast. They are very, very good at what they do. It's not just Star Wars. It's also Marvel. It's DC. It's um, Dune. Anything that, that really is is in a, in a fandom that has a primer for any media coming out. They're the guys to, to go to. But I also listened to The Eye of Darkness. Very, very good opening novel for The High Republic Phase 3. Picked up right where Phase 1 left off in terms of uh, the strength of the characters, the character development, the ongoing emotional connection that was built up throughout Phase 1 has just been picked up as if it as if it never left, really. Uh, so I'm not going to go into details of it. Very, very good book. Interesting developments. I'm very much looking forward to where it's going. Um, if you're a fan of Phase 1, High Republic, Martian Rowe, Elzar Man, Avar Chris, any of those, Bell Zetifar, go for it. Go for it. There were a couple of characters missing, which I was disappointed about, but they're not for any reason other than they just weren't in the book. So hopefully they will make appearances from either comics or the young adult novels or maybe even the, the middle grade reader novels. We'll see. We'll see what comes out. I think the next one coming out is in i want to say january maybe uh which i think is the middle grave novel and then i think we've got a young adult novel in march but obviously we've got the comics to keep us going until then plus a plethora of legends and other canon novels for me to sink my teeth into and and let you know what i think but uh, i think eye of darkness is is going to be a very very good setup book for the remainder of the phase and, and I would I would highly recommend it if you were a fan of The High Republic Phase 1. After finishing those two books, I have moved back to continue my journey through the From a Certain Point of View books. And I have got approximately a third of the way through From a Certain Point of View, Empire Strikes Back. Largely enjoying it so far. Um, we, it's, it's good. It is good. Is every story gripping me? No, it's not. I think that's one thing that I both like and dislike about these uh, short stories, especially in audio format. If I don't like something in a, in a hard copy, I can just skip a few pages and, and move on to the next one. Audio is a bit more difficult, so you kind of have to just end up sitting there grinning about it. But that's a that's a format problem, not a not a, not a product problem. Um, I probably could figure out a way to do it, but I listen while I'm driving and, and, and while I'm working, so I don't often have my hands free to then muck about with uh with it and and also there's a part of my brain that i'm a bit of a completionist so i like to at least listen to everything even if i don't necessarily like it it's um short pain to just sort of say like no i've i have i now have an informed opinion on this there's certainly more good than bad in it so far but 
I'll save my full review until I've finished it. Toy-wise, I picked up my kids a couple of the Young Jedi Adventure figurines, one of them being Yoda, uh, another one being Leia. I love, I love the Young Jedi Adventures. I love the fact that it's bringing young children into Star Wars. The animated style of it being very similar to Spidey and his amazing friends. So it's very preschool, early school years aimed. And we are going to get a couple of um, cameos in it from from some more recognisable figures outside of outside of Yoda. And I have also been gifted. I shouldn't. I don't know if I should include this now or not, but I'm going to. I've been gifted because I opened it um, as a secret Santa. I was bought the Dagobah Yoda with Hut Funko from a friend of mine who lives in America. So very very much appreciated. Thank you very much for that. It's gonna take pride of place in one of my in one of my displays. Uh, so that that's kind of it for toys, really. Um, game wise, I have continued my uh, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes account as as I as I always do. Daily player, doing the grind. Been working on three Galactic Legends recently. So previously, I was I was only really focusing on Ray. Did finish my Doctor Aphra grind got her up to a good good gear level um and and i'm now turning my attention to starring and gearing the requirements for jabba galactic legends jabba whilst also still slowly chipping away at the requirements for ray and supreme leader kylo ren now that i have got everything i need i need a couple more relic levels for supreme leader kylo ren and i just need the uh, main ships now so it's I'm, I'm nearly there and then i can start the the ticket grind and and then the actual tier grind which is going to be fun not it's uh it's worth it it's worth it it's a good game i i do enjoy it and my guild are brilliant very relaxed guild and we we have a good time and so that's it for my interactions in star wars um let me know what you think was it was it a busy month was it a quiet month i can't really tell turning to you guys we have a voicemail from Brian. So pretty much the last month, my interactions with Star Wars have been continuing my collection of Funko Pops, Black Series, Vintage Collection. They've been releasing a bunch of this stuff. And also I caught up on the High Republic novels and all the prose stuff, and I'm catching up on the comics for that. And I rewatched Ahsoka. I just got finished my fourth time watching it, so... That's about it. Thank you, Brian. It's always appreciated the feedback. Uh, the Vintage Series collection, it, they you showed them to me when we were recording the um, the Revan review for Source Pages, and they look they look beautiful. Turning attention to other feedback, Josh Hoyt, who is actually going to be my guest for the next episode. I'm very much looking forward to um, having a chat with Josh and seeing what his takes are on on some of the some of the star wars questions that i put together for for each of those little interviews i do so i asked him asked him what he'd been up to for the last month and his response was uh that he has updated his lego clone army he watched revenge of the sith with his son what did your son think josh let me know he's also added some black series figures from the ahsoka series and he's also pre-ordered the target black series clone trooper two pack so i'll be interested to see that when that comes through I did ask uh, what, which Black Series figures he'd picked up and his response was that it was from the Ahsoka and Kenobi series and he picked up Vader with a slashed mask, Ahsoka and the new Bad Batch Merc attire for the crew. I'd need to have a look at which ones the Bad Batch ones are and um, see if I can spot them in your picture but appreciate the update, Josh, and I look forward to our conversation in December. So turning our attention to Todd, who is a who is the other member of the Spark Jedi Council, he has let me know that he's been reading The Eye of Darkness. So it'd be interesting to see if he, what he thinks of that book, and um, if his thoughts and feelings about it match up to mine or are different. It was always interesting when we have differing opinions. He also said he watched some episodes of The Young Jedi Venture with a, a three-year-old family member, which highlights what I was saying previously, really about how it's a, it's a great introduction to Star Wars for the current generation. Hopefully, your family member enjoyed it, and um, hopefully you enjoyed it as well. It's uh, They are good fun. They're good fun, if uh, a little bit a little bit basic on the storytelling. Uh, he also said that he took delivery of Revan and HK-47 
from the Vintage Collection. And again, showed those to me when we were recording our Revin review. And they are they are very, very good looking figurines. A little bit jealous there, Todd. On Twitter, it was a little bit quiet on Twitter. So um, please feel free to interact with me or drop me an email or a voice note or anything like that. But I did have a response from Hayley Hobbs. And another one of the Spark Jedi Council members. She hasn't had much to do in Star Wars this last month. She's finished Revan. Um, and she started Battlefront Twilight Company. So two novels there and Twilight Company I, I haven't read, but I have heard that there are some good things with that book. So I'm sure I'll get to it at some point. So that's going to do it this month for the Star Wars Universe podcast. Thank you for your time. Thank you to everyone who's provided feedback and a big thank you to Evan for your time and the content of the interview. I had an absolute blast doing it. Uh, if you want to contact the show, you can do so at Twitter, at Star Wars U Pod, Y-O-U, Pod. Or you can contact via email, Star Wars U, Y-O-U, Pod, at gmail.com. And it would really mean a lot to me if you could drop a review wherever you find your pods. Five stars is preferable. We do have some friends of the podcast, which we do like to give a little shout out to. So if you are interested in primers for upcoming uh, fandom projects, uh, source pages, a reading collective, also known as Spark, if you want deep dives into all things Star Wars, whether that mainly media coming out, TV and movies, we've got Star Wars The Saga Continues. If you want a daily digest of Star Wars news and updates on covering pretty much anything that is coming out now, we've got Star Wars 7x7. If you like the comics, there is Star Wars Splash Page. They go into the current comics and the upcoming comics and all latest news and details surrounding Star Wars comics. If you like Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, Galactic War Report is a weekly podcast detailing their progress in the game, looking at the meta report and, and who they're grinding, how they're getting on in their the Galactic Arena Challenge, another podcast that goes into deep dive into the lore and how it associates and into the current media projects and deep dives into certain arcs and how it's going to affect the future of Star Wars storytelling is Children of the Watch. Those are my list of Star Wars podcast recommendations. But that's going to do it for us this month. I appreciate you all. Thank you. And I'll see you again next month. May the force be with you. Always.